Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by HipstersOfTheCoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. Magic is powerful. Yeah, I've definitely had some questionable uh, lower, lower body and higher on. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I am your legacy broadcaster, hot off of Twitch. We're going to work on that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> Each um, episode, we'll come up with a new uh, new catchphrase for yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've been a legacy newbie for a long time. I mean, I just, we spent so much time on Twitch on Saturday. Uh, I think it ended up being like just shy of 11 hours, Yep, if I'm not mistaken, um, of a continuous stream. It was a lot of fun. But uh, I have Jerry in the call with me. What's up, Jerry? I'm awesome, Pat. How are you? I'm Man, tired. I'm, I'm tired, but I'm I am. <laughs> I'm beat. I'm beat. I've been nonstop since uh since the tournament. I'm working every day until f- Thursday's my next day off. So it's just oh, been wild, wild oh, at work. Thanks- Thanksgiving. They gave you Thanksgiving off, Pat. Yeah, how thankfully. Ca- how kind. Thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been it's been wild. It's been it w- the tournament was a ton of fun. Of course, we're gonna be recapping that today. Um, uh, but yeah, it was great. Uh, I just wanted to kind of drop in a quick announcement before we get into the meat of the episode. We are doing a Christmas charity drive. Um, we have, we're going to, I'm actually going to be adopting the family, uh, tonight. We're going to kind of choose who we want to adopt. So we're going to have playmat auctions, some leaving legacy playmats. Um, I have a couple like throwaway playmats that I might throw in for people who lose raffles and I'll send them to them just for fun. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so keep an eye out on the Facebook page. Um, I think we have, we raised some money from our sweatshirt drive. That we're gonna put to this, put towards this as well, right, Jerry? Uh, yes, yeah, we, we can do that. that. So yeah, so we have, so we have some money there, and it, we're, I'm just really looking forward to it. We're doing this between us and uh, the Dead Format uh, show, and uh, yeah, we're just trying to bring a little holiday cheer to some local family. So uh, looking forward to that, and of course, we'll keep you all updated on the Facebook page. Um, all right, Jerry, why don't you talk about um, our guest here? Introduce our guest that we have with us today. Hell yeah! Well, we have the winner of the Leaving a Legacy Open. <laughs> Ross McGee, what's up, man? Hey, guys. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Hell yeah. Thanks for coming on. Congrats on your win. Thank you. Thank you. It was was pretty exciting. Hell yeah. I was was pretty pumped to come, and yeah, surprised I took it down, but very happy I took it down. (laughs) Well, you were actually the talk right at the beginning of the the cast, because to everyone's surprise you were the one and only grixis delver player in the room i know that that when um bryant said that after the tournament i was just i was shocked i hadn't heard that and um pretty surprising i i you know grixis delver's a popular deck so um it was interesting that i was the only one Playing. Yeah, it certainly seems like a lot of people leaning towards like the Grixis control style deck right now. So I'd love to Definitely. really get your thoughts kind of on the uh, on the deck and sort of how you landed on Grixis. I, I, I mean, have you been a Grixis player for a long time or do you bounce between decks or what was that? What was yeah. your thought there? Um, I definitely bounce between decks. I've been playing Magic uh, competitively since probably late 2009, early 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've I've played probably every legacy deck out there um since that time span so I, I've, I've definitely had experience in a lot of decks um i've played many different versions of delver uh, most recently i played um lands at the last scg worcester mm-hmm. open uh which i did not do well in the main event but i did top eight the classic losing to zach turgeon in the uh, quarterfinals of that. Zach event. Turgeon, a notably powerful wizard. Yes, yes. And against Lands, uh, he, I think, has a pretty good uh, win, <laughs> win rate, I'm sure. Um, and so after that, I was messing around um, with Delver when Deathrite was around. And then I moved um, after the banning. I really wanted to try and make Leovold work. So I was messing around with bug decks. Um, Nothing was really working too well. Then the Reed Duke uh, Grand Prix happened, and I, I tried out his list of uh, Grixis Control, which I really loved. I think that deck is awesome, uh, super powerful, and, and fun to play. But I was I was just not having a whole lot of um, luck with combo matchups when I was playing that deck. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I don't think it actually has a horrible combo matchup, 
And I just I just wanted to change it up. So I went back to Grixis Delver. And I, th- I think one of the main reasons was the card that I ended up putting in the trophy was Mission Briefing. Um, I felt that that was <laughs> a, a a really good fit for Delver f- for for a whole slew of reasons, uh, which we can we can get into that a little later. Um, but I, so I started playing. I, was, I have an online account, and I was playing uh, Grixis Delver online, and I five would a league and had uh, a bunch of four ones. Um, and a couple three twos, and it just felt like a really good deck. It was playing well. It felt right. Um, it felt powerful. It felt like it had good matchups across the board. Um, it took me a little bit to figure out the miracles matchup, but once I put in two winter orbs into the sideboard, um, the miracles matchup felt pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of how I arrived at at the deck. Awesome. Um, all right. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, yeah. The, the mission briefing was something that we saw on camera. Yeah. That's, uh, and we, and we saw it work for you a couple of times, uh, when we were walking around some of the top tables. Uh, can you tell us about some of the interesting interactions you had with, uh, mission briefing? I guess maybe, Jared, you want to read the card so people know sort of what it is? Oh, man. I don't have it in front of me. All right. Let me, hold on. Let me pull it up real quick. <laughs> I, yeah. I can pull Mark, it up. You got it, Ross? So. Yeah. Ross, tell us. Yeah. Tell I, us. I got it here. So, mission briefing is. I hope um, you're reading it off the trophy right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I should be. The, tro- the trophy is in my living room right now. Um, <laughs> I think to the chagrin of my wife, but uh, I, I, th- I, th- I think it looks great. Oh, um, yeah, I think it looks for great. sure. For sure. <laughs> Just move, move um, some family photos out of the way to put the trophy there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, so, mission briefing is uh, a blue, blue instant, and it says surveil two which uh, for those who, who don't know, you look at the top two cards of your library and you can either keep them there in any order or put them into your graveyard. Uh, so surveil to then choose an instant or sorcery card in your graveyard. You may cast that card this turn. If that card would be put into your graveyard this turn, exile it instead. And when this was first printed, a lot of people just instantly went to, oh, it's an instant Snapcaster Mage. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a really misleading way of thinking about this card because mm. the super powerful part of this card is that you can use alternate casting costs yeah, it is of worded, the card that you choose. Worded differently. Yes, and that it, it um, an opponent cannot respond after you have chosen the card. Choosing the card is part of the effect, and right. you retain priority after that, so they can't even surgical the card that you choose as long as you cast it right away. Oh, did that come up? Like, did you cast mission briefing and your opponent went in response surgical and he said, okay, in, it, res- <laughs> in response, cast the card I targeted. <laughs> right. Um, no, that didn't come up, but it's definitely something that I've thought about mm-hmm. with the card and it wouldn't surprise me if it came up at some point. I have not yet had that occur with me, um, but the card is great. And, I think in Delver, there's a few things. I think it was, I can't remember if it was in the finals or against um, Steve, the Goblins player in the semifinals. But I had, I think it was against Steve, actually. So I had, I flipped a mission briefing to Delver, which is one of the strong points of it is that it's an instant. So it flips Delver. Um, And then later on in that game, I used it to bolt, mission briefing bolt, for the win, mm-hmm. um, so 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 that was pretty awesome um, use of it. I also um, in round six, I believe it was against a player named uh, Landon. Um, he was playing TES, and in game oh, three, yes. <laughs> I actually in game three. Yeah, sorry, Jerry. Uh, so I heard the uh, the test player Bryant was actually talking about this on the way uh, home from the tournament. Um, uh, that uh, it was quite the blow. Landon did not see this coming. <laughs> yeah, he had he had stripped away all of my counter spells and force. Uh, I think he had taken like a, maybe two force of wills and a spell pierce or something like that. Uh, but he had left the mission briefing in my hand, and he went to combo off. Uh, played a couple lion's eyes, played uh, a ritual or two, and then cast infernal tutor. Cracked all his lion's eyes in response. Then pass priority to me. I cast mission briefing, flashback, uh, not flashback, sorry, 
alternate costed <laughs> force a will to counter it and that was the game yeah landon thought he was safe because he didn't have five mana up because right that's a very easy mistake to make i mean it, it, it like you said people think of it as oh it's a snapcaster without the body and it's just not <laughs> right it's not and, and in delver particularly being because delver just wants to say low to the ground it doesn't want to have a whole lot of lands in play it doesn't want the opponent to have a whole lot of lands in play and being able to use the you know either days by returning an island or casting force of will for its um, alternate cost yeah it is just exactly I think exactly what delver uh, wants in a card and it you know and it also just has the versatility of being a couple more lightning bolts in the deck if you need to go that route or out of the sideboard it's in you know in a couple extra surgicals or a couple extra fluster storms so it, it just seems like a really powerful card to me. Um, and you know, fits really well in Delver archetype. Hell yeah. I, uh, I really like it. I, re- I want to try it out. It seems like a lot of fun. Uh, and it is. Yeah. It seems, seems good. I mean, it, it got mm-hmm. you the way it gave you the, the 100% conversion rate. Yeah. Only Delver, only Grixis <laughs> Delver in the room takes it down. Yeah. Can I be honest? Like mission briefing is a card that I am considering playing in blue red Delver. Maybe as like a one yep. or two of only because again, it gives you access to some of the, instants and sorceries that you really want in your graveyard uh, or the rather that you really want to cast twice um things yep, like bolt and definitely. chain lightning and whatnot so um and it's also like it, it pitches to force it kind of fills the, the the void that was left by getaxium probe so uh very interested in this card for sure yeah and it um you know it also can put cards in the graveyard so if you have any delve mm-hmm. cards although i'm not sure who read well certainly like well not necessarily delve but you do have something like bedlam reveler which does care about how many right. instances and sorcerers you have in your graveyard so um yep. yeah for sure um and, and it can also set up a delver to flip also so you, you know if if you if you really need that delver to flip even if you're not going to get value mm-hmm. off of the um being able to cast a card you can even cast it, just try to see more cards yep. um, and set up a Delver for yeah. So Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I, I, I the, seeing it uh, I, again. We saw we saw in the top eight for the win, which is really cool. And the, the card did work for you this weekend, so that was really awesome to see. Yeah, it, it definitely did work. <laughs> and I think just being that new card that I, I haven't seen in any other Delver lists, um, I think it was a good choice for the trip. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> And th- and th- and thanks for uh, the foil version. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Hell yeah. You gotta make it look good. It may it may oh, it yeah. hurt my heart a little bit, but Jerry's into foil, so we. we uh... <laughs> I know. I, I actually don't like foils at all. <laughs> Except uh, I, I shouldn't say that because my Delvers are foil, but I don't play with them in the deck. Gotcha. So I I, I just don't like foil cards in my deck. Yeah. But yeah. Foils are foils are. Ours. I mean, if it's going in a trophy, you want that baby to shine. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, Definitely. Um. One other thing, I don't know if we touched on it yet, but was the uh, the two bitter blossom in your main deck? Uh, can you talk a little bit about that inclusion? Because we've seen that in some other lists, and I'm curious to see sort of uh, the utility for that card. I feel it's I feel it's the new norm at this point. I feel we're not seeing it in every list, but we are seeing it in most successful lists. Well, so I feel the people not running it yet just haven't caught on yet. Yeah, I, I mean, my my uh, initial instinct is that it's like a, it's a hedge against the control like like the control grindy decks because it just mm-hmm. against miracles they they have a hard time removing permanents. They have like what council's judgment. And I think that's it in their main deck. Um, mm-hmm. So you, it seems like a it's good. Uh, uh, a permanent based, uh, you know, uh, advantage for you uh, in that matchup. It's also like it'll just spit out blockers against a uh, against a merit age deck, which can be a problem yeah. sometimes. So, think, but I'm, but I don't want to. I don't want to take all your reasons away. I'd like for yeah. you to kind of like yeah, lay them out. <laughs> no, for no, us. no. I think I think you I think I think you're right on on a lot of those things. Um, it's it's very solid against um, Gr- uh, Grixis control mm-hmm. as well. They have once it's on the board, they I don't think they have any way of getting rid of it. Um, and it doesn't at first appear to be great in a Delver deck because it is a really slow clock Mm -hmm. and Delver generally wants to just kill fast, but it's just so hard to answer and it just keeps pumping those fairy rogues Mm -hmm. out, which makes it, um, a different kind of threat than the other threats in the deck. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think just currently right now having a wide variety of threats, so having Delver, Having Gurmag, having True Name, and then having Bitter Blossom, you know, what does your opponent do? Mm-hmm. They have to try to figure out how to answer all of those cards. 
And in some games, they may side in answers to Bitter Blossom, and you don't draw Bitter Blossom, and you just kill them with a Gurmag, right. and they, you know, or they they have, yeah, you know, they have like uh, Marsh Casualties or something to get rid of True Name and Bitter Blossom, but you're landing Gurmags, mm-hmm. and so it's just, I think, a way of keeping the variety of threats um, really, really different Mm -hmm. and just making it hard for an opponent to choose how to attack the deck Mm -hmm. um yeah and it you know it's two mana once it's on the board then i i don't like i can not have to keep committing things to the board and can kind of sit back with counter spells and spell pierce and and just try to protect protect yeah protect it and yeah yeah for sure um the other thing i wanted to ask too was about the you have a one of basic island in the deck was this yeah. was there a reason for this? Like, do you you know uh, was it um, like a hedge against wasteland decks or or against back to basics or something like that? Yeah, I think it's it, it's definitely a hedge against wasteland decks, uh, blood moon decks, back to basics, and uh, you know when Assassin's Trophy was was printed, I was thinking about that as well. It, it hasn't really caught on a whole lot in Legacy, but. Um, you know, I, I just I felt like having one island was important, especially um, to be able to fetch an island on turn one when you, that's the only land you have. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I found I, I have found tons of times where I just have a, a handful of blue cards and one fetch land, and to have to fetch out a dual land on turn one where they may, may go wasteland. And then I have no lands left. That 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 can be a problem. So um, I definitely wanted it in there, just as uh, you know, an answer to a variety of of problems that might uh, come that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it I think it was good all weekend. So I, I was happy with it. Mm. Uh, one thing I really wanted to ask you about uh, actually comes from your sideboard. Uh, sure. And uh, a lot of people are happy to see it uh, with cries of uh, make winter orb great again. Yeah. Uh, interesting sideboard. Tours. We actually, when we had you on coverage, um, you actually brought it in a lot more often than uh, the coverage booth uh, would have brought in. And right. you, it actually paid off for you in a lot of those games where um, we thought it might not necessarily be the best one. I'm trying to remember what match it was. I well, I, I brought it in against goblins, and I actually yes. never... I didn't even cast it against goblins. Um, and I, I have two copies in my sideboard. I only I think I only brought in one against goblins. Um, I, I don't know if it's great against them, but if if I'm able to either force an ether vial or um, abrade an ether vial, then they're basically going to be tapping out every single turn. And Delver is a deck that just wants to keep an opponent as low on their mana resources as possible. And Winter Orb does that just fantastically against the decks that are trying to play three mana spells, four mana spells. They just they just don't have anything to do. And it, it just makes Days that much better. Uh, makes Spell Pierce a lot better. Obviously, I, I took uh, Spell Pierce out against Goblins. But... Um, I think Winter Orb just does exactly what Delver decks want to do against certain kinds of decks. And um, against uh, Topher in the quarterfinals, uh, Winter Orb did great work against him in game two. He just was not able... I think I think he ended the game with seven cards in hand. He was discarding mul- multiple cards after a couple turns because he was, you know... Um, ancestral or uh, accumulated knowledgeing and just had too many cards and couldn't cast them because he didn't have enough mana. So I, I, I think it, it fits really well into what Delver wants to do, which is make it hard for people to cast spells and then, you know, keep them on a thin margin where it turns on days and spell pierce. Hmm. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, definitely seemed like it did some work. Um, and I don't, I, I don't, I, I have listened to the coverage and, you know, I think I'm kind of right there with you guys. I don't know if Winter Orb was correct against goblins, but it felt to me like they want to be tapping out almost every turn. So, um, what did you board? Seemed okay. What did you board out against goblins? The three spell pierce, three spell pierce. And I, I want to say two force of wills, two force of wills. Um, and I think I brought in the two edicts. Two of Braids and the Winter Orb. I think that's right. 
cool. Yeah, um, definitely saw. Yeah, I think that's right. The Goblins match was was very interesting because we actually had that Goblins match on earlier uh, when he played against Zach uh, on Moonstompy, and it looked like Zach had the upper hand, had the upper hand, mm-hmm. had the upper hand, and then the Goblins player just turned a corner and hit him for twenty. Yep, yep, <laughs> yeah. one shot of him was crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I had played Steve um, in the swiss and he was my only loss in the swiss Mm -hmm. um and i I was looking back through my notes and the game i played against him our game three which he obviously won um my life total goes 19 17 and then that's the end (laughs) (laughs) uh, i don't exactly remember the details but i think he just put a bunch of goblins onto the board and killed me Yep, I've had that experience uh, playing Sneak and Show. You would think Goblins is a uh, a good matchup, and generally it is, but sometimes they just look you in the eye and say, I'm the combo deck now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I was looking on MTG Top 8 um, earlier today, and I noticed that there are, in a bunch of the um, tournament results there in the Top 8s, Goblins is back. Yeah. Hear that, Tom Hep? I was saying that on coverage, and Tom Hep was like, where? I don't see any. (laughs) There. There's a bunch. Like, there were two ones from Europe, two different tournaments from Europe. One had one Goblins in the top eight, and the other one had two Goblins in the top eight, (laughs) one of which was a Food Chain Goblin. Oh, man, Food Chain Goblins. Bring it back. That is is straight out of 2011. Yeah, it was pretty pretty cool and then also that i was playing the uh the maverick player in the finals as well that's kind of another um blast of the past as well so yeah i mean the room was very diverse uh i mean mm-hmm. obviously miracles was heavily represented it made up about 16 percent of the meta but i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for one of the best decks in the format to have that much of a chunk it's not like we were seeing you know during miracles heyday when it was getting up to like 25 percent mm-hmm Right. Um, and even the Miracles Mirror matches, we had a Miracles Mirror match on ca- camera, and it was actually a very interesting interactive game to watch now that it wasn't them just like spinning tops at each other. Just like right. it's a breakdancing contest, see who can spin more. <laughs> yeah, Miracles is a, g- it, it's a good deck. It's fun. It's interactive. There's a lot of decision trees that, um, you know, each player needs to do. I have not picked up miracles in a little while, so I don't know how the mirrors go with accumulated knowledge, but I can imagine that adds a whole new layer to yeah uh, to those matchups. Nice sub game. Actually, one interesting one that we saw on coverage was uh, mono blue ninjas <laughs> versus yeah. uh, interesting versus miracles, yeah, versus, right? Versus miracles, yeah. and that actually came up is because um, mono blue ninjas was able to take the game. Because the Miracles player, uh, Anderson, who's who's a very good Miracles player, um, he, you know, cast an AK. I think he, like, predicted away AK or something like that. And all of a sudden, Ninjas cast AK. Yep. <laughs> just, like, out of nowhere. Yeah. Just gave, like... Well, because he, he never saw it in game one. So when he cast yeah. AK in game two, he didn't know yep. that Vincent, who was the, the, uh, the uh, mono blue yep. uh, popper player was on four AK in his deck. <laughs> right. And so he just got all the advantage and then Vincent cast another AK and the game yeah. was just wow. over, yeah. over from there. It was so like, cool. I th- yeah. I think Vincent at the end of his turn had a discard from ten, uh, down from 10. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I, nice. I think he was like, was it fairy miscreant who was like the, the one drop that he was running? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then he ninjutsu in a guy. It was uh, like, yeah. Ninjutsu. Um, so yeah, uh, I actually really want to try Vincent's, uh, uh, deck cause it is a popper deck and I actually found out that was Vincent's first ever legacy. Tournament. Yeah. Yeah. He's never played it, his whole, his whole deck was popper. Yeah. Yeah. It was a straight popper. A, deck. Wow. Played and, a popper uh, deck. Cool. <laughs> someone, someone ported it over with some legacy cards too, like added force of wills and a few other things, uh, to make it a little bit more competitive in the format. But like, yeah, he was playing the, the one drop fairy miscreant, which is a one, one flyer. And when it enters the battlefield, if you control another creature named Fairy Miscreant, draw a card. And then he also had the Ninjutsu guy, so he could, like, attack with a 1-1 Fairy Flyer, and then Ninjutsu and a guy, which is a... Th- I think that's a 3-2. Is that right, Jerry? 
The ninjutsu the, guy? Ninja Dean Bowers. It's a 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, it's a 2-2. Two, 2-2, two. <laughs> two, 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 sorry. Yeah. Uh, but he was able to ninja... And then draws you a card, right? When it yeah, when it Right, and then he's able to, like, when he has, like, two of the fairies, he's able to recast a fairy in the second main and draw another mm. card off it. It was just like... Oh, yeah. Nice. I, That's cool. I, lo- I love that deck because it's pure value. Yeah, it is super... <laughs> yeah, it, it's just exactly what it is. It, I actually... I might put it together and just try to play just play the legacy version legacy because it does look. Well, yeah, because really I think it's like I think it's like yeah, a, that sounds awesome. I think it's like a hundred dollar deck online, yeah, and like three fourths of that cost are the dazes, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. So I, I've played um, Popper before, and it, Popper is a really fun format. Um, it gets a little it's a, it's a little tough because it's not. I don't think it's as um, uh, I don't think it has the swings of like what decks on top that like legacy does. Um, but it is really fun. I used to play mono black in that format before I really started playing Legacy of Moto, and I had a ton mm-hmm. of fun with the deck. Uh, it's definitely a cheese deck, but I mean, cheese decks are fun. Yeah, who cares, um, right? Like, yeah. yeah. And speaking of that, I do also just want to address. So, uh, chat got a little rowdy during this matchup, and people were kind of saying that uh, Anderson went on tilt, which I mean, he did. But I mean, wouldn't you? Like, Anderson is a very good, very competitive player. He came to win. And on coverage, on feature match. And keep in mind, this is the two-in-one bracket. So the loser is basically knocked out of top eight. Uh, so on coverage, uh, getting knocked out of the tournament by a popper deck. By a popper deck. Yeah, yeah that's right. Are you kidding me? I would go on super tilt if that happens. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I don't I don't think anyone can blame Anderson for that. I mean, it's rough. It was a cheese deck and it happened. Uh, but I'd also say um, also there were like some judge calls. Um, I think Vincent, I mean, it was his first, first ever tournament. He did an amazing job. You know, he definitely earned that win. Hell yeah. Um, insane value with that. Uh, but also keep in mind, ninjutsu is a mechanic that inherently lends itself to miscommunication errors, errors, because it's just like, like the Vendillion click. It's like, oh, wait, no, uh, don't, don't. Don't okay, draw a card, but I'm going to respond. Uh, uh. <laughs> like ninjutsu is just one of those mechanics where it's a it's a very specific time in which it get, it has to go off, and you can't tip your hand too far because otherwise that just ruins the point of the mechanic. Mm-hmm. So that is a mechanic that is not easy to communicate, um, and especially him it being his first uh, legacy tournament on camera. Um, I th- I think it's it's easy for mistakes like that to happen. I don't yeah. think there was any ill ill intent. Yeah, no, I like I, I didn't hear any any real like it's it's one of those things where someone makes someone makes like a mistake on camera and and Chad gets all upset about it. Like I think I think Vincent played an extra land on one turn that ended up being relevant, but again, it was by the time the judge got called, it was too late, and both players were like, well, it wasn't it wasn't like on perp, you know, it wasn't like malicious thing. It just. Yeah. It's the way those things go. And it, 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 it all, one of the other things, too, that I think I was kind of on the way on the drive home that day. One of the things I was thinking about and Jerry, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, too. And and, and also you um, was, you know, our players don't often get a chance to play on camera. And even when you're playing in like a 2K, like we're like we were running, um, getting the chance to play on camera kind of gives you that set, like gives you a little practice of playing on the, under the spotlight, right? Gets you a chance of like playing with those nerves. So when you are, when you do go to SG open or a GP and you get a chance to play on stream, you might be more prepared for something like that. How do you, how, what do you think about that, Jerry? Yeah. Are you saying we're training wheels, Pat? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> Come nice. on down and leave your legacy open. Get your training I mean, don't wheels. you, don't you feel like people get a little bit yeah. of a sense of that for sure? No, that's, that's why, I mean, even if you're not the most comfortable, it's actually, especially if you're not the most comfortable under camera, never turn down a camera match. Right. Never, never. Cause those opportunities to get that much like pure practice, like you will never get better practice in your life than you will playing a uh, a high stakes match where it's uh, possibly winning in under camera with people watching you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it it doesn't get worse than that. Um, so never turn down those op- opportunities because they don't come along really uh, very often and they are invaluable learning experiences. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and I think people, you know, you get nervous. Yeah, I, I see people getting nervous when they're not on camera. <laughs> And they're yeah. just playing a game in a, in a tournament. Like there's, you know, it's higher stakes and there's just, there's pressure and nerves get to people. Mm-hmm. And when you're on camera, that's just amplified even more. Yeah. So, you know, people make mistakes. And I got to say, I, I, every opponent I played over the weekend was super nice. nice. Um, you know, just interesting talking to polite courteous um you know i just had an awesome time with everybody that was there 
And, you know, I, I highly doubt people were doing shady stuff. It just didn't seem like it was that crowd. Mm-hmm. Like people were there just to play the game and, and, and enjoy getting to play legacy on, on, in a, in a bigger scale tournament. So. Yeah. And, and you, you drove from pretty far out, you said, right? Yeah. I mean, it was a, a little over two hour drive okay. for me. Uh, not, not too no, bad, no. but, um, Long, longer than my normal commute to my my weekly. Legacy and where where is your weekly? Where do you play? What's your LGS? <laughs> um, I play at Black Moon Games in Lebanon, New Hampshire. Okay, shout out to Black Moon Games. And yes, I, I I love Black Moon. They support the legacy community here. Unfortunately, our legacy community is really small, mm-hmm. so we get like four to eight people every mm-hmm. week, hopefully. Um. We had a few people move away, which really hurt. But, you know, we're a rural community and there's just not a whole lot of people. Yeah, yeah. And Legacy is really expensive. It is, yeah, for sure. So. It's a, it's And sometimes it's tough to justify the cost, especially if you aren't able to jam a bunch of games every week, you know, if you're not getting the value out of it in that sense. Yeah. So I, I do a lot of Magic Online as well, which definitely is helpful for keeping up practice. Awesome. <laughs> definitely um yeah we had people from all over come i think uh some of the furthest were kentucky virginia um come on someone came from like way upstate vermont i think it was like a four-hour drive yep, yep. yeah i i think i i heard that too now jerry i think on a previous cast you had said there were people coming from california yes. were you lying no i i was not lying <laughs> but uh hey just like you know I sometimes pull the plug on certain events that Pat will never let me live down. <laughs> sometimes other people were adults. I understand it. Things happen. He unfortunately happen. unfortunately couldn't make it, but uh he was uh sending love uh through chat all day on uh on the stream. So Jerry in, there in spirit. Um my body still hasn't like accustomed itself to the fact that I missed out on some amazing barbecue. <laughs> like I, I, I'm still, I'm still salivating at the idea of getting like a rack of ribs, and I just never, I never got it, Jerry. And I, it's just like it's like this hole in my soul, and it hasn't been filled by a whole bunch of well smoked meat. Okay, we'll we'll uh, we'll talk later about getting that hole filled with smoked meat for you. <laughs> um, well, um, uh, Ross, was there anything else you wanted to kind of talk about? Any cool? Uh, interactions at the tournament or any cool decks you came across or um not a not too much uh specifically i i definitely there it was i played a pretty wide variety of mm-hmm. decks um i i played against tes twice i played against merfolk i played goblins i played against world gorger i played against burn and i played against a uh blue white kind of wizard stoneforge hmm. deck Oh um, yeah, there were some sweet lists in the uh, room. There was also a fairies list uh, nice. floating yep. around. Um, but yeah, the World there, Gorger Dragon deck uh, I actually played against at a local event. That's a sweet deck to play against. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. On the same kind of we talked about it on the stream, but you know, for people listening to the podcast who haven't watched the stream yet, um, we had quite a bit of diversity in the metagame. So we had 103 players at the event. Uh, seventeen of those decks were seventeen of those players were on miracles, which is which is a good amount, but I don't think seventeen percent is or you know just under seventeen percent is 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 alarming. Uh, we saw like eight Grixis control, five copies of elves, five copies of the Epic Storm, five copies of Turbo Depths, and then we had four copies of Reanimator and four copies of Monterey Stompy. Everything after that was was mostly you know th- was three copies, and then thirty one decks were classified as other, which meant they had two or less copies. Uh, in the tournament, so we saw a pretty wide metagame there. It was pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, that is that is a nice variety yeah, there for sure. I yeah, I was really really happy to see that. Um, uh, yeah, cool. Well, we have a few other things we wanted to talk about today, Jerry. Did you want to get into SCG Las Vegas? Yeah, because SCG uh, there was a, quite a bit of legacy happening across the country as well. SCG, I know you, you're intern. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I told him on Twitter that he gets promoted to part time, but no health care. No healthcare. <laughs> he does get part time though. Um, yeah, congrats to Cyrus for taking it. Hell down. yeah, dude is on a hot streak. Congrats, man. Uh, he crushed. Uh, he crushed in top eight too. Um, yeah, I haven't had a chance to watch the coverage yet. Yeah, but he, I, I unf- he, did he very I, well. I watched the final round where he sadly was not on camera, but he was matched up against Lands and on the play game one, uh, and he just two owed him very quickly. Uh, Pat, Pat Sullivan was even like, I'm surprised after like six minutes, 
they had posted that he won his one game one, and Pat Sullivan was like, "Oh, I'm surprised it took six minutes to <laughs> to win game one against against Lands." But uh, we all know Cyrus is an outstanding Storm player, and uh, and again, just like like you know, top you know, top eight uh, Eternal Weekend, and then comes in and wins a, a team event, and I mean that kid is just a monster. So, congrats to Cyrus, man. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely congrats. Um, also, there was the classic. Uh, CJ Oliver took that down, who's uh, a friend of the cast as well. So congrats to CJ. Uh, awesome job. Also, the fact, took it down with my favorite, Sneak and Show. Blech. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I like Sneak and Show. Congrats to, congrats to CJ. I don't know if I've actually met CJ yet, um, but good on, good on them, man, for, for, for taking it down. Three copies of Arcane Artisan in the sideboard. The card I yep, said was hot yeah. garbage. So what do I know? <laughs> Yeah, I actually got into a fight with Tom Hep earlier today because uh, JPA top aided the MTG <laughs> challenge with Sneak and Show with Leyline of Sanctities in the in the sideboard. <laughs> He's giving me shit. I'm like, yo, challenge means nothing. We we had more players at the Legacy Open than the challenge. True. Um, but the uh, the classic. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, the classic. Uh, the classic. There was a Sneak and Show deck that top aided without Leylines, and then CJ smart smart man smart man left his Leylines at home and took it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, there were some just super sweet lists I want to talk about quickly. Uh, are we talking um, about the classic, or do we want to go over still, Vegas? It's kind of tough to. Yeah, I, I think. Well, I just want to draw attention to eighth place, uh, Chris Higashi, eighth place of the team event. Mm-hmm. Look at that deck list. Yeah, this is mono blue wizards. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> oh, there's cards in here I, I had never even heard about. Grand yeah, architect. there's cards in here that I haven't heard in 10 years. Okay, um, do you want me to go down the, the deck list real quick? Yeah, I think we got it. Also, i got to have words with uh, Gavin to see if we can get a couple of these cards reprinted because some, this nice. would make a sweet, sweet modern deck. If I could play this in modern, I would play modern. I don't think, uh, is Mirrodin? Yeah, Mirrodin is modern, right? Yeah, so anyway, uh, one copy of Walking Ballista because that's everyone's favorite colorless creature. Um, four copies of Curse Catcher. So you're thinking, oh, is this like a weird Murpho deck? No. Then we're into three copies of Grand Architect, which is... <laughs> I love that card. Can and I just say? I, I love so that So one blue blue. It's a Vidalcan Artificer. It gets uh, other blue creatures you control get plus one, plus one. And you can pay a blue. Target artifact becomes blue until end of turn. And it also has the ability uh, tap and untap blue creature you control. Add two mana to your mana pool. Spend this mana only to cast artifact spells or activate abilities of artifacts. So that turns into a combo, I realize, with Walking Ballista. Once you have a board, Grand oh, yeah. Architect, and then, boom, here's a, like a 15-15 Walking Ballista in your face. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, that's that's really awesome. Um, uh, three copies of Harbinger of the Tides, two copies of Master of Waves, two co- uh, four copies of Merfolk Trickster, four copies wait, of Pate. Wait, hold on. Oh, shit. I just realized, too, Master of Waves plus Grand Architect. God oh, yeah, damn. It's sick. It's <laughs> right, yeah, because they're all two. Master of Waves all three makes twos. blue tokens. Yeah, they're it all. It makes blue yeah. tokens. Yeah, and they're all three twos. With Master of Waves and Grand Architect out, they're all three twos. Uh, yeah. Nope, I'm sorry. They're all two twos. Right? Yeah. Uh, no, they're all, they're all three twos. Three twos, three twos. Three twos. Oh, right, right, that two ones. Yeah. Yeah, they're all three twos. Yep. That's pretty sick. Um, so four. <laughs> Got an arm, army of Delvers. Four copies of Merfolk. Trickster, four copies of Patron Wizard. Derek, did you know what Patron Wizard was? Because I had never heard yeah, of this card. Yeah, I do. Um, yes, I do. Also, I need. Apparently, it's been sitting in my bulk binder. I need to take them out because uh, it's now a fifteen dollar card. Thanks to holy uh, crap, thanks to this deck. No, I don't think it's, um, it can't be thanks to this deck, right? I mean, it's also just super old. It's from Odyssey. Yeah, I love Patron Wizard. Back in uh, back in Standard, I used to play this guy. So it lets you it lets uh, you tap and untap Wizard you control. And it basically just uh, uh, dazes a card, right? Dazes a spell. Yeah, it's it's, it's blue, blue, blue for a 2-2, which is awesome. Like, No, it's not awesome. Super... No, it's not awesome, Jerry. It, it, yes, it with, is. With, with Master of Waves. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. super devotion. It's a mono blue deck. Yeah. It's mono blue. I, you don't care about I guess with Master Waves, it could be a 4-4, I suppose. It's much, it's, much better being, it's much better being triple blue than it is being two in a blue. Yeah, because that devotion for for that is for, is huge. Exactly, exactly. So patron wizard, and then it just turns this army of creatures that you're putting on the board. Your opponent's never resolving another spell, apparently. <laughs> um, four silver gill adepts uh, as the card advantage. Four uh, spell sputter sprite because hey, 
Just need some more counter creatures, apparently. <laughs> and it's a wizard. And then to protect it all, you got a Kira Great Glass Spinner. And then usual suspects, two, two Vendillion Click and a Venser Shaper Savant. This deck is a sweet take on, I feel like it's an updated Merfolk list, uh, but much cooler. <laughs> yeah, it's a Merfolk wizard deck. It's really interesting. Yeah, I really like it. Uh, yes, then, Riptide Lab. Yes, Love it. Going into the mana base, 12 islands for all those blue creatures, four Cavern of Souls to name a wizard. Riptide Lab, which is a sweet, sweet lands. This is what I think needs to be reprinted to make this a modern deck. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. But it's add colors yep. to your mana pool, one in a blue return target wizard you control to its owner's hands. So you get to recast those Master of Waves over and over again. Uh, and then three Wasteland. I'm guessing the fourth Wasteland was shaved to make room for the Riptide Lab. Um, and then also rounding out the deck, we got four Aether Vial, of course, and three Force of Will. Uh, and the fourth force will isn't even in the sideboard. That's uh, that's kind of surprising. He does have two misdirection in the sideboard, which is similar, I guess. Um, might have been a budget consideration. He might not well, have had a fourth. Uh, he, fourth. He also will. has like the what is it? The uh, like curse curse catcher is a is a counter spell essentially. Um, uh, silver gill adept. Uh, not silver adept. Uh, spell stutter sprite is a counter spell essentially. Yep. And he, he has, has plenty two, of counter magic. two copies of Vendillion. And Patron Wizard. And, oh, right, Patron Wizard. <laughs> two copies of uh, Vendillion Click as well, so he's got some hand disruption. Um, well, keep in mind, he needs the counter magic because once something resolves, he doesn't have any way to get it off the board other than the singleton walking ballista. Right, right. And that's only right. if it's like a creature. Like He has no way to deal with artifacts, no way to deal with enchantments, no way to do deal with planeswalkers other than attacking them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, I mean, he, he definitely needs the counter magic as it's his only own, like, you know, his game plan is to not let anything resolve. Hmm. Um, I guess he does have Venser to bounce certain things. Yeah. Need be, but yeah, he can, I mean, super late game. He can get a Venser riptide lock. Hey, yeah. Jerry. Um, yeah. If I gain control of someone else's batter skull, are they still able to activate it and bounce it to their hand? No, you gained control of it. So grip of phyresis yes. in the sideboard yes. is tuna blue, <laughs> and I'm thinking like maybe I'm gonna put this in my sideboard for a big fuck you to D and T. No, my jit now. It's pretty. I mean, you have to time it with batter skull because you have to do it when they're tapped out. Otherwise, they'll just bounce the batter skull. To That's hand fairly easy. You can do that like you know when they when they put it into play on turn three. Like right, it's it's right. not that's not difficult to do. What is that card from? Is that yeah dominaria? Okay. Yeah. It's it's. I've never I've never seen that. Yeah, card. neither have <laughs> I. But it made it just I'm like, ooh, that's. Uh... Oh, I saw this because I remember when it was spoiled because I loved it because it reminded me of that like meme of the crab with the knife walking. Oh around yeah, the art, <laughs> the art, <laughs> the art is right. A, yeah, the art is just a picture of a crab holding a sword of fire. With a sword, <laughs> sword yeah. of fire knife. It's perfect art. I love it. That's so good. Actually, is that feast and famine? What's that's feast and famine? Green and blue, right? Sorry, sorry, Jerry. Ah, fuck, colorblind man. Or no, is that? Yeah, yeah. I thought it's, or it is looks, that body and mind. Oh wait, might be. I think you're right. I think it's body and mind. You're right. Wait, that's green and blue. I could have. Sw- <laughs> Why is it shaped like flames? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Jerry. We'll give you a pass on that one. It's Aww. it's it's fire and ice. We'll say it's fire and ice. It's green fire. <laughs> it's, it's it's a much. So what we learned is grip of feces is a much is a much cooler. Wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. What did you call it? <laughs> what did you call it? Yeah. <laughs> grip of feces. Pharesis. <laughs> <laughs> It's got to be phyresis. I swear you said something. Yeah, no, you theory. said grip of feces first of all. <laughs> no, you're you're gutted. That'd be a shitty name, Jerry. Um, yeah, this this is a really cool deck, man. Oh man, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, this is sweet. This is the deck that makes me wish I had a god account on Magic Online because I really want to play this list, but I don't want to. If go you the stream, Jerry, you could just use Card Hoarder and they you could play it for free. That takes that's work. It I don't want to wear pants. It I don't want to wear pants and play this. You don't have, path. You don't have to wear to pants to stream. You can, you don't, yeah, you definitely don't have to wear pants to play online, Jerry. <laughs> I do if I have to stream. <laughs> well, I mean, if you get if you plan on getting up a lot, <laughs> <laughs> you just forget. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I've definitely had some questionable. Uh, lower lower body attire on uh and i've had i've had to like like meticulously watch the camera as i stand up to grab a drink so i don't 
I accidentally get myself banned on Twitch. <laughs> nice. Oh, man. Uh, and then the other one is going to the classic. So congrats on CJ for winning with uh, Sneak and Show. Mm-hmm. But did you see the second place list that he beat to get the win? So is this the uh, Arena Rector Nick Fit list? Yes. Okay. This oh, I've seen. Awesome. Oh, oh, whoa. Okay. I've So I've seen this list. <laughs> I've I've played against this list online before, but I don't think I've played against it with so many planeswalkers. Well, that's what Arena Rector's for. Yeah, this isn't. Maybe, but this is an Academy well, Rector. So uh, what we have seen, and actually, I think we talked about this uh, when we had Jizwan for the uh, Nick Fit episode. Maybe, maybe I am thinking of Nick, Academy Rector. Yeah, you're thinking of Academy Rector because Nick's Fit was traditionally the Nick Fit deck that was able to put up results. Um, that was you know searching for the uh, the you know Haymaker enchantments. Uh, I forget the name of it, but it's like the one-sided moat, <laughs> um, uh, and then like sandworm convergence, uh, or I'm sorry, the one-sided humility. All your opponent's creatures are one-one creatures. Mm-hmm. So um, Nick's fit was traditionally was, was very, uh, the competitive version of Nick fit, and this is the first time we're seeing people use Arena Rector in kind of the same shell, but trading out the big Haymaker enchantments mm-hmm. for Haymaker uh, Planeswalkers. So for Arena Rector. Which is the three and a white one two when it uh, die when it dies you can exile it and search your library for a planeswalker and put it into play so combo's great with cabal therapy and some other uh, key cards in the deck Phyrexian uh, Tower yep which just got reprinted which I found out is a fifty dollar card did not know that <laughs> um, so that's a that's a sweet reprint for people looking to try this deck out uh, Dryad Arbor uh, Karn Liberated as a big bad uh, haymaker. A Ugin, uh, the Spirit Dragon, as the other uh, Haymaker. Uh, one Kaya, Ghost Assassin. Uh, one Liliana, the Last Hope. One Nissa, Vital Force. And one Vraska, Golgari, Queen. Uh, not your traditional suite of uh, kind of planeswalkers that you would choose. A lot of, you know, we haven't really seen much Kaya. Uh, Vraska is still fairly new and haven't seen it around a bit. Mm-hmm. And we've seen Nissa and Elves, but not in, uh, in Nickfit yet. Mm. Right. So I think these are very interesting choices for Planeswalkers for the deck. Um, and then also kind of going over, we're seeing three Assassin's Trophy um, instead, and no uh, Abrupt Decay. Um, so that, I think, is pretty interesting. Um, so all of the Planeswalkers are cast, are actually castable. Yes, all of the Planeswalkers. Hard, like, are- hard castable. Oh, yes, definitely. So he's not playing any, like, he has no Nico Bolas or... Um, well, I guess he could place that big Garouk, the Apex one, but he doesn't have mm-hmm. any Nico Bolas, which is interesting because those those Planeswalkers are pretty powerful too. So he's, it seems like he's just going for Planeswalkers that are powerful, but that he also could hard cast if yeah, needed. Definitely, and uh, Assassin's Trophy, I guess, is kind of just going all out because I mean you're already casting Veteran Explorer, so your opponents are getting their basics anyways. So you actually, I bet fairly often he runs his opponents dry of uh, basic lands. It's kind of surprising that he has the three swords rather than uh, running Path to Exile, if that, because that's that yeah. would seem to fit even better into that style if he's trying to run them out of basics or doesn't care if they get basics because he's giving them anyway. Yeah, that's um, a good point. So, um, also interesting two evolutionary leap. Uh, that's kind of the survival of the fittest variation. It's one in a green for an enchantment, and one green, sacrifice a creature, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card, put that card into your hand, and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Um, all your creatures are Dryad Arbor, Veteran Explorer, and Arena Rector. So if you get Evolutionary Leap Out, you are just going off. You run through your deck. All, yep. all your creatures just fuel the rest of your deck. Um, and then, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, super sweet. And then, <laughs> interesting one Abzan charm, which I find I find kind of funny. Single Abzan charm main. I got to refresh myself as to what that one does. <laughs> the Abzan uh, charm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it's, an, it's it's white, black, green for an instant, and you get to choose one: you either exile t- creature with power uh, three or greater, or draw two cards and lose two life, or distribute two plus one plus one counters among one or two target creatures. Interesting. So what's the point of this, Jerry? We uh, That's what I'm wondering. What is this for? 
Uh, I mean, it's a, another Swords to Plowshares when you need it, and it's another Knight's Whisper when you need it. I mean, keep in mind, right. these decks lose when they just run out of gas. Like, this deck, while can have some very powerful top decks, um, doesn't have a way to refill its hand once it's run out of cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Knight's Whisper and uh, Abzam Charm are just a little a little something-something to help you kind of refill the hand if... Uh, you know, both players go off and it ends in a stalemate. Yeah, seems interesting rather than just playing another Knight's Whisper. I mean, I get that you have the exile creature, but you're already playing swords, you have Assassin's Trophy, like, and you have Pernicious Deed. You're kind of able to deal with creatures. Yeah, and I mean, so. I'm pretty sure the distribute two plus one plus one counters among one or two target creatures is not very useful in this deck where you're planning on just sacking your creatures whenever possible. Right, I yeah. I guess maybe because it's an instant, so you it just leaves you s- more options, maybe? I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, but very cool. And, and, and he has a Sabo's web in the in the sideboard. Yeah. Just, <laughs> that's one you don't see too often. No, no, it is not. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to point that out because it's, uh, it's super sweet. Yeah, it's a cool deck. Awesome possum. Uh, Pat? I feel we're gonna have some some long scoops tonight. Do you wanna wanna get into it? Yeah, sure. Um, you wanna lead off, Jerry? You want me to go first? Yeah, I can go first. Right. Um, so scooping CJ and uh, Cyrus for doing awesome, uh, and you know taking down their respective uh, lists. Uh, also, Vic Coleman, uh, he came in uh, with elves in the uh, in the team event as well. Or I'm sorry, yes, the uh, the team event. Uh, so congrats to him as well. Um, he had uh, it was a pretty spicy list. I think we're gonna talk about more elves. We're gonna try and set up uh, a future episode with Julian uh, to come on. Hell yeah, and uh, talk some elves. So we'll uh, we'll save it for that. Um. Also, just everyone who came out to the tournament. It was uh, it was a great time. Uh, love seeing everyone. Uh, people seem to really enjoy themselves. There's some awesome moments. I love the uh, the raffle. Uh, Richie <laughs> winning oh, the, uh, the invocation so counter spell. That was great. And the entire room just cracked up. <laughs> that was, that was I got a great I got a great picture of him in the moment too. It was so funny. Yeah, uh, it was so perfect timing. Funny. Oh man. Um, and uh, also for that, for Tom and Ian for setting that up. Yeah, that was uh, they made that possible. Yeah. They, they organized it, and because we just had so much on our plate, it was really appreciated yep. that uh, they they took the reins on that. They did. And, uh, Michelle organized like the toys for tots, which was really a big success. Yes. And I mean, there was a whole table of steal canned my, goods. Sorry, sorry. Steal it. No, no. <laughs> steal I just, my scoops, I'm sorry. No, I just wanted to say like I want, and I wanted to just say like Ian and Tom for doing that. Uh, the canned food drive, which like w- was definitely w- they, even they were like, well, we were really hoping that we weren't going to look stupid, and people just people really like just they just showed up, man. It was so, so great, so great. Yeah, I think we raised over uh, three hundred cans, and then toys for tots stuff. Holy crap, that's awesome. Yeah, because awesome. Um, yeah, there was like th- over three hundred raffle tickets that we gave out. So. Uh, yeah, people people really turned out. That was awesome. Um, also, all the gaming etc. employees because uh, they make it happen. Hell yeah. Definitely the the judge staff. Uh, Ian is always a pleasure head judge uh, to have an event, and you know his uh, his daughter. And I don't know the other judge's name. I feel really bad because he was actually super helpful for Wilson. Uh, Wilson was saying that uh, he really made a lot of uh, the cardboard live feature. Uh, you know, made it run much smoother for Wilson, able to get those uh, features out real quick, so people at uh, watching the live stream could see it. Nice. So. Def thanks to the to the judge staff, Michelle, for hosting it because it, it wouldn't have happened without her. Um, and Ross, scooping you in for taking it down. Hell man. yeah! Congratulations! Hell yeah! Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then also want to scoop in uh, Wilson and Bryant, who stayed with me for the weekend. <laughs> Even though <laughs> Tent City, yeah, Tent City. So both. <laughs> so Bryant was originally going to stay with Pat because I only have a studio apartment, and Wilson was staying with us. <laughs> And I have a whole house, and then, FYI. And yeah, well, <laughs> Bri- Pat had an empty room that Brian could stay in. But uh, night of the event comes, uh, me and Wilson are like, all right, we're going to go to the sweet pinball bar. And Pat told Brian that he was going to be painted. Well, all right, hold on. First of all, <laughs> first of all, br- when, Brian, Bob Ross when Brian's on. like, hey, can you uh, can, can I say your place? I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I was like, you know, I'll be home with the kids all night. And I don't think he realized that it meant like, my wife works second shift, so I will literal, r- literally have to be home with my kids, <laughs> and I can't go anywhere. 
And like so, no, you could. I told you to just pop on a Disney movie and lock the yeah, door. Yeah, it's like you just wait for that. Amb- you just you just wait for that ambient to kick in. Then you can just go wherever you want, right? No, but I, I was like, you know, so I'm like, well, I'm just. I was literally just like uh, after I put the kids to bed, I painted from like eight thirty to like twelve thirty in the morning because uh, I'm trying to finish up my living room before we before we bring the Christmas tree in. Um, but yeah, I'm like, I, and I think when J- Jerry and Wilson are like, you, you could tell Bright was getting some serious FOMO because they're like, oh yeah, we're going to go to this cool bar. Jerry's got all these hot friends and, and, uh, and Brian's like, oh, oh man, God. I want to go. And he's just like, and then he just messaged me. He's like, hey man, I'm going to stay with Jerry. And I'm like, perfect. That's fine, Bryant. I definitely didn't like clean my whole house top to bottom because we were expecting a guest this weekend. You fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> my wife cleaned all day before she went to work on Friday. All day. Oh man, guilt trip the fuck well, out of Brian. Whatever. Yeah. See if I see if I, I put you next time, Bryant. I love it. I love it. You sleep in my shed. Uh, I spent all Sunday cleaning up because yeah, literally my apartment. I was afraid if the fire marshal came, I was going to jail. <laughs> have a studio apartment wilson and brian are staying over both have air mattresses <laughs> so we basically set up three beds in a studio apartment blocking all the exits like i think i fell fell on top of wilson on my way to brush my teeth <laughs> um but yeah both of them was awesome also so we were coming home i was kind of bummed we didn't get to do a dinner after the uh the tournament because yeah, we ended uh, late yeah tournament ended at 11 yeah. Uh, which uh, was earlier than I was expecting, actually, but it still ended late. All the all the restaurants had closed, and we were starving because yeah. I had two slices of pizza at noon, mm-hmm. and we got out of there at eleven. Got back to my apartment at twelve, so we were just absolutely starving. Everything was closed, um, and we're just going like, all right, there's a there's a Wendy's. So we're gonna go to a Wendy's. Me, Wilson, and Bryant. And they're, you know, we're, we're riding high from the tournament, just having, uh, you know, the euphoria of it all. And as we're going by Wendy's, there's just some dude wearing a trench coat standing in front of Wendy's with his hands in his pockets, just standing there. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like, all right, that's kind of weird. So we go through the drive through order our food, come back on the other end. And then there's just this uh, uh, car pulls up and this dude gets up, runs up to him, then runs back on the car and the car drives away. <laughs> like, this was such a like i felt like it was a police state because it was just like like it literally looked like like a scene from a dare a dare instructional video just like a shady guy wearing a straight up trench coat (laughs) standing standing nondescriptly in front of a in front of a wendy's so uh shout out to uh to wilson and brian because we we had uh we had a blast that's awesome uh, I feel like you don't see trench coats too often. No, these days. I think that's why it raised my awareness. It's like it's like a duster. It's like when <laughs> if right. if you see a duster and you are not at like a uh, Matrix rerun at a movie theater, <laughs> <laughs> how much do clothes are... cost in the Matrix? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great movie. Thank great you. movie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, un- underrated classic. Oh, for but, sure. Uh, uh, but yeah, what about you, Pat? What do you got for scoops? Um, yeah, so uh, well, I'm, mine are gonna over, obviously overlap. So I'm, I'll try to make it quick because I'm sure Ross wants to get get out of here. Um, but uh, first and foremost, Jerry, I wanted to thank you for helping me put on this event. Um, you were in great spirits Aww. all day, even though it was a it was a long and somewhat stressful day. <laughs> um, Pat was Pat was like soothing my nerves at the beginning. Yeah, I was I was I was very anxious, and Pat was like, "It's okay, yep. don't worry." Yeah, well, because we were like we like some of the stuff we kind of had to save to last minute, like putting the trophies together. We had never done that before. We had never like epoxy them together before. We're like, oh, yeah. I was really worried yeah. it was gonna like turn out like yeah. Shit. And we and like Jerry didn't bring us iPad, so we, we we did some of our planning could have been a little bit better. And I think next time we'll we'll probably have a list set up ahead of time. Um. So anyway, we, we yeah. But anyway, I, you know, I want to thank Jerry for for being there all day and just doing a great job. Um, well, being I on streaming. Th- I want to. I forgot. I also wanted to thank you, Pat, because you actually did everything. <laughs> Pat, Pat actually like put everything together while I just worried around. Well, no, you, no, it's it's someone's got to someone's got to finesse the people, and someone's got to be behind the scenes. And I think we both fill those roles pretty well. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I want to thank you, Jerry. Of course, I want to thank Wilson. Like I think having cardboard live and and having someone here to make that 
uh, all that stuff work for us. And then also like Wilson jumping in in the booth when he could and providing some really insightful commentary because he does such a great job um, in, yeah. as as a, as a play by play guy. So I want to thank him. He and he's really just a joy to have around. And I was really bummed we didn't get to do dinner because that was like the highlight of my of my weekend last time. Um, but we'll have mm-hmm. to make sure to do it again when he, when he comes up again. Um, but yeah, I want to thank him. I want to thank Michelle, of course, uh, the owner, proprietor of gaming, et cetera, and the store itself. They did a great job putting on the event. Um, you know, all the stuff that we weren't 100% sure of, like how we're going to run these raffles and doing this toy drive and can drive. She just made it work the day of. She just did an awesome job. So we came up with these ha- kind of half-baked ideas, and Michelle just executed them to uh, – to, uh, in a perfect way, and I want to thank her for that. She's just she's always so kind to us when we go to that store, and um, you know, people might not know it, but like she doesn't she doesn't like pay us for anything. We like you know we buy the the trophy for the event, we buy the packs for the event that we give out. Like we want to help out the store, and she pays us back and and just providing an awesome play environment for us and just having like one of the best stores I think in New England. So um, we are so thankful to have Michelle and Gaming et cetera in in our community and. Uh, uh, yeah, we, we just we just hope that we can help her out and, and keep Legacy alive out here. So wanted to thank thank her and thank the store for sure. Uh, Ian and Tom for the dead format it was so great. I mean, we, we've been talking with them a lot lately. Uh, we have you know of course the uh, the IDW chat and uh, and uh, we 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 podcast with them about the, the reserve list. Um, so talking to them and being able to see them again because I don't get to see them super often. Uh, it was just great to see them in person. Um, of course, I want to thank Tom Hap for donating a, a mox, uh, a, a, sorry, a, a, a lion's eye diamond that Bryant gave away immediately. Um, that was really <laughs> yeah, was, on camera yeah. round one. It was perfect. <laughs> that was super nice of him. Um, uh, all, of course, and also Zach Turgeon who made up another batch of videos for us that we never even got to use uh, I know. with some tech. I felt so yeah, bad so about that. I did too. Some tech. We had some technical issues. I think next time what I'll do is just download all the videos ahead of time. That way we're not trying to like download videos and stream a tournament. Uh, I mean, thankfully we never even dropped over almost 11 hours of streaming. We didn't drop a single frame on, on Twitch. So um, we, you know, I think on on that front, we did really well. Um, the people in chat were really awesome and interactive. Uh, some got a little upset, um, you know, with some, some uh, loose play on camera. But again, I think uh, that judge Ian, who I also want to shout out and his crew, uh, all did a great job rectifying those issues. Um, Celso was there. It was so great to see John Celso. Oh, yeah. uh, Mr. Bald- great, Mr. Balduvian Bears literally looks like he's half the man he used to be. Um, he just <laughs> looks phenomenal. He's done such a great job of prioritizing his health, and it was so cool to see him there. He looked really happy. I didn't get the chance to talk to him too much, but I love you, buddy, and it was really awesome to see you. Thank you so much for coming out. And just again, uh, shout out to all the people, all the awesome people who came out. Met so many cool people there. Uh, had such a good time. And of course, Last but not least, uh, our buddy Cyrus for taking down uh, SCG Las Vegas. Man, I told you, I told you you're a great Magic player, and I told you that you're going to take down one of these events. And sure enough, the week after we have you on the cast, you take down Las Vegas, man, like a champ. And your team did great, and uh, and uh, you were you played the perfect heel in your uh, in your in your final interview. <laughs> uh, I loved it so much. I know, I and I think you did a great job, man. So just congrats to you, and and, and I got, of course. And to you, Ross, it was so great to meet you, man. It was great to have you at the tournament. Thank you for coming out. And thanks for sitting down with us uh, on, the, on the cast tonight and chatting with us, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's been my pleasure. Of, uh, you know, I listen to you guys every week, and to, to actually be on your podcast is, is pretty cool. <laughs> so uh, definitely uh, scooping to both of you guys. So thanks a lot for yeah, having I mean, me I was, I was surprised. So sometimes I, I, I don't think that many people listen to this podcast. And when we were at the tournament and Jerry, like you picked, you picked your card for your trophy. And then Jerry's like, Oh, do you want us to sign? I'm like, Jerry, he just want us to sign. He doesn't even know who we are. You're like, no, I actually listen to the cast every week. I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. I guess I can sign. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, no, you guys do a great job. I, I, I definitely want to thank both of you. One for, for doing the podcast and keeping, you know, the legacy spirit alive. This is, really the only format I play. I love Legacy. I love Magic, but you know, I just I don't play the, any of the other formats and you guys are doing a really great job of helping keep alive the format, keep people interested in it. Um, you know, you're holding these tournaments like you did this weekend, which is just another way of helping keep the community and, and keeping the format alive. So definitely thanks to both Hell of you yeah. guys for that. Oh yeah. Um, I do have a couple other shout yeah, outs yeah. Or, or scoops, scoops. Uh, I got a scoop in my wife. Um, we got married this summer, so oh, we're still fairly new. Congratulations. 
Yep. Um, and she lets me go do lots of fun things. So um, I definitely want to scoop her in. I appreciate everything she does. Um, uh, as I said, scoop you guys in. Definitely scoop Michelle in. Gaming Center is an awesome store. I've been down there a couple times now. Uh, she's got a great place going on down there. She gave me some Tootsie Pops afterwards, um, <laughs> and those were fantastic. So thank you, Michelle, uh, for, for all that. Um, I'd like to scoop in Jerry Garcia. Um, so, Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, Fuck yeah. <laughs> Got to scoop in Jerry. Um, and, and on that note, I also I, I do a, I host a radio show every Tuesday night on a, a local Vermont radio station called Royalton uh, community radio. And I do a grateful dead show, uh, every Tuesday from seven to nine o'clock. And, um, just wanted to throw that out there in case any of your, your listeners are grateful dead fans. Jerry is absolutely Royal... interested right now. <laughs> just so you know, <laughs> Yo, you guys, you guys stream over the internet. Yeah, he's tuned, he's right in. Yes. Jerry wants to guest. He's already on his way. Bong in hand. All right. Uh, so Ro- my seat. It's on uh, royaltonradio.org, and you can listen in live, or you can hit a replay feature uh, on there. But it's it's Tuesdays from seven to nine o'clock. Royaltonradio.org. Yeah, I went as Jerry Garcia for Halloween my senior year of high school. Yes, nice, Jerry. <laughs> that is great. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, and, and my last scoop. Um. Pat, I want to scoop you for your reserve list bingo <laughs> thing. That is that is genius, yes! man, and I, I love it. I love it. I'm all about it. I'm all about Hell it. Yeah, Fuck yeah, I love it. <laughs> oh man, yes. So, well, thank awesome. you, guys. yeah, man. Thank you for coming on, man. Congratulations on the win. It was great. Uh, it's great to see you with a deck that like. Again, you were the only one running it. You had confidence in the deck, man. It was so it was so cool to see, and running some sweet, sweet tech, thanks. man. And running some sweet tech. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, Jerry. Anything else before we get out of here? Nah, man. It was a, It's been a whirlwind week, and now we're going straight into Thanksgiving. Going straight. I have no time to get my feet under me, man. <laughs> right into Thanksgiving. Um, I'm I'm hoping that we get a chance to set our next date for our next uh, tournament. I want to keep it. I want to have it be a little closer because the last one we, we were about six months between. I would really love mm-hmm. to run like three or four of these a year instead of just two a year. So I'm shooting yeah. for – I'm hoping to shoot for sometime in March. Uh, but we got to connect with with Michelle and see what she thinks. But uh, hopefully sometime in March would be sweet. Awesome. All right, Jerry. You want to take? You want to get us out of here? Yeah. Let's, let's let the weekend roll. <laughs> What? Let the weekend? It's Monday. <laughs> not not for our listeners, man. Not Come for on. anyone right now. Think time is an illusion, man. Oh, <laughs> Jerry got Jerry got into his uh his stash a little too early today, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Oh man. Alright, I'm gonna stop my recording now. <laughs> Poor Justin. Poor Justin. We'll uh, we'll talk later about getting that whole filled with smoked meat.